0: يا على الفلا الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا يهده الله فلا مضل له يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له. وأشهد my my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaykum wa wa barakatuh. I begin with a reminder that we should have taqwa in Allah subhanahu wa taala, and that means that we should be conscious of Allah. We should always be thinking of Allah. We should protect ourselves from Allah's anger and His punishment and His wrath. As he tells us in the Quran, Ya illa antum muslimun." He says, O oh, you who believe, have taqwa in Allah, as He's worthy of having taqwa in. And do not let yourself pass, except that you're in a state of Islam or a state of loving submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on this blessed day of Jum'ah. And this still pivotal, difficult moment for the Ummah of our beloved Master Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we ask Allah to shower upon him an abundance of peace and prayers. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa an'im ala Habibina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba when our dear, beloved, Master Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam decided to take his call public for the first time in Mecca, he climbed to the top of the mountain of Safa, and he called out, Ya Mashar Quraish, he called out, O people of Quraysh," so they can gather around him. And when the tribes gathered, he asked them, what do you know of me? And they said, You are our son, and the son of our brother, and you are our nephew, and we know you to be a person of trustworthiness. al amin. And the Prophet ﷺ then asked them, Have you ever known me to tell a lie? And they said, No, we only know of you that you are trustworthy. And he said, if I was to tell you that an army had amassed on the other side of this mountain and was preparing to attack, and that you should take precautions of your doom, would you listen? And they said, yes, why wouldn't we? And then the Prophet wasallam told them, then no, I am a warner from Allah, sent to you. And then he called them tribe by tribe, from the farthest to him in relation to the closest each tribe by name. And he said, I cannot avail you the punishment of Allah, so protect yourselves from the punishment of Allah. Until he got to his own tribe, Ben-Hashim, and he named every single one of his aunts and uncles by name, and said, I cannot protect you on the Day of Judgment. Protect yourself. And then he got to his children, until he got to Fatima, anha, and he said, Ya Fatima binti Muhammad, I cannot avail you of anything, Except that in this life, whatever you ask of me, I will give you. But on the Day of Judgment, you have to protect yourself from the punishment of Allah. And to this, one of his uncles, Abu Lahab, picked up a handful of dirt and threw it in his direction to signal his distaste for what the Prophet ﷺ had just given. Now I'll come back to the story in a moment, insha'Allah. Inshallah. This week was another week where we were reminded very vividly, if any of us have been able to forget for the last hundred plus days, reminded very vividly of just how vile a set of liars the Zionist entity is made up of. There were several stories this week. One of the ones that made the rounds was one of the major news organizations or news shows from that land that had spread many of the initial false claims about the attack on October 7th to drum up support for their genocidal rage. That very news station finally admitted that the stories that they spread were lies. At least some of the stories that they spread were lies. The story of 40 beheaded babies, babies on clotheslines, pregnant women with their stomachs cut open, all of those, thoroughly debunked, they're finally admitting it themselves. And they ended that part of the show by saying these people, they just said it in emotion, they didn't mean it. They didn't mean to lie. Sometimes you're just compelled to lie out of strong emotion. And then they, as a throwaway line, by us lying or by us spreading these lies, it just gives fuel to the flame of those who want to deny the atrocities that happened. In another story that went viral in the last couple of days, one of the spokesmen of the army of the Zionist entity was being interviewed by a French newscaster. And the French newscaster began to ask him about some questions about a Shifa hospital who they claimed for months they were claiming there's this massive command center under there. That's why we have to leave those babies in incubators. That's why we have to attack these hospitals, because they're operating out of them. And the newscaster very politely and respectfully said, the evidence that has come out after you left doesn't seem to support your claims. And the response from the spokesperson was, it's not befitting that one democracy asks another democracy such questions. You're just trying to undermine our position. They can't seem to handle any pushback. And I know from my own experience watching the news for the last hundred plus days, I'm sure most of us feel the same way. There's an added frustration and an added pain that comes from seeing these criminals lie and get away with it again and again and again. And it reminded me. Of a hadith, a very famous hadith of our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is a very well established hadith. It's a very well known hadith, where he says, "Alaykum bil-Sidq, fa'in al-Sidq yehdi ila al-Birr, wa'in al jannah And he continues, and near the end of the hadith, he says, "Wa iya'kum wal-Khidb, fa'in al الْفُجُورِ Yahdi ila al-Fujur, wa'in al-Fujur Yahdi ila our beloved Messenger Muhammad وسلم, says in this hadith, I extol you, I urge you, it is incumbent upon you that you be people of honesty and truthfulness. For verily, sit honesty and truthfulness will lead you to bir. Bir is righteousness, and bir righteousness will lead you to Jannah. And then near the end of the hadith he says, Wa'iakum. And I warn you fiercely against lying and falsehood. Because lying and falsehood leads to fujur. It leads to all sorts of debauchery and evil and wickedness. And fujur, that debauchery and evil and wickedness will lead you to the hellfire. The reason I was reminded of this hadith is their lies, their willingness to spread disinformation, to put it politely, their willingness to engage in these falsehoods is directly linked to the rest of their crimes. They're not separate, they are connected at the hip. In fact, in another version of this hadith, though our beloved Messenger Muhammad وسلم, says, You are to be, I, I extol you to truthfulness and birr, for they are together in Jannah. He connects them together directly in a few other narrations of this hadith. And it struck me that these are just, these are related behaviors. They're not separate. And you find this complete and rife in the Quran and in the seerah of our beloved Messenger. It's a very powerful ayah, in fact, where Allah makes this exact connection. Where He says, an qibla Allah says, this in regard to the changing of the qibla. Righteousness is not that you turn your head towards one direction or another. It's not about the ritual act of salah and the specifics. That's not what defines your righteousness. Allah continues, it's a long ayah, where he says righteousness is that you have iman in the pillars of iman. Righteousness is that you behave upright. Righteousness is that you give sadaqah. To those who need it, to your relatives, to the orphans, to those who are in need, and then Allah ends the ayah says, "Olaik Sadaqu wa almuttaqun." Verily, these are the ones who are truthful. So Allah makes this direct connection Himself. In fact, in the Quran, after being a prophet of Allah, the highest station a human being can reach is the station of a Siddiqeen. The highest level, after a prophet, you and I, our highest aspiration is to be written as one of the Siddiqeen, one of the truthful ones with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. Now this connection between truthfulness and righteousness comes from what I can see in at least three distinct ways. Firstly, you cannot know what is right and what is wrong, Without a fierce commitment to truth and let me now take you back to the Prophet Sallallahu opening call in the Dawah It's fascinating. Is it how he tried to introduce himself as a messenger to his people? He begins by asking them what do you know of me? He has them established, as Allah says in the Quran, they have known you since you were born there. You are not a new entity to them. They've seen you grow up. They know you through and through. And what did they know of him? What was his nickname? You all know. You've known this since you were kids. He was known by two monikers Al Sadiq Al Amin. The truthful, the trustworthy. And that's why he sought to establish this before he gave the message. I know I'm giving you something that may be difficult to hear and believe, but what do you know of me? You know I am a man of truthfulness and honesty. In fact, when he ran down from Ghar Hira, and he said, One of the things Khadija said to him was, one of the characteristics, you speak truth always. Allah will not disgrace you because you always speak truth. Allah says in the Quran, he knew best where to place his message. He chose Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because he upheld him, Allah upheld him in this pristine fashion. No one could claim that Muhammad had ever lied to them. In fact, when Abu Sufyan was questioned by Heraclius, this was one of the things he said about him. He said, what did you know about him before he claimed? He said, we only knew him to be a truthful, honest, and upright man. Allah knew for humanity to trust in their prophet. They must know that he is a truthful man. You know, there are some somewhat, what some Muslims deem to be embarrassing facts that Allah has preserved in our religion. So for example, when it came to the marriage of our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Zainab عنها, there's an ayah in the Quran where Allah says about our Prophet that you knew what Allah revealed to you, meaning Allah revealed that you're supposed to marry her. When she divorces Zaid, you marry her. And you wanted to hide it in yourself because you we're worried about what people would say. Aisha radiallahu anha says about this ayah, if there was an ayah in the whole Quran that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would have wanted to keep hidden, it would have been this ayah. There's another reality from the first moments of his revelation, of his nubuwah, where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, for example, one of the things he says to Khadija is, I am afraid for myself. In some other narrations, he, he says himself that he used to go up to the tops of mountains and he used to be worried, should I throw myself off the mountain? Because I'm worried about what's happening. And Muslims oftentimes come to me, young Muslims especially, thinking these are embarrassing facts about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know our ulama comment on these things? And one of the wisdoms they say, and why Allah allowed these things to be preserved? Was so that you and I, decades, centuries later, can still say Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam told the truth because if he was just out for selfish interest there's no reason for him to keep these things in his tradition there's no reason for him to make it known and the ayat where Allah critiques Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the Quran why would a man who was so self-absorbed to claim he's a prophet if he was lying why would he keep these ayat in there a ulama say, it's so humanity can know time and time again. Every generation can come back and say, this is a truthful man, I can believe in him. So a fierce commitment to the truth is necessary to know what is right and what is wrong. Because if you're not committed to truth, there's no way you could know who Allah is. And one of Allah's names in the Quran is al haq And Allah says about the Quran, Allah calls himself the truth because he is the one fundamental truth of reality, is Allah. Every other truth is connected to Allah. If you want to know Allah, you have to be seeking truth. And if you are seeking truth sincerely, you will eventually come to know Allah. And you will have to come to this book eventually. That is the first connection between truthfulness and righteousness. The second connection is that, Allah wa Sayyidina Muhammad, you cannot be just with yourself or with others without knowing the truth of matters. And I mentioned this in my khutbah just a couple of weeks ago when I was commenting on the ICJ court and they just issued their ruling this morning. But I mentioned there's a hadith from our beloved messenger, Muhammad where one day he heard some people quarreling outside of his door, and their voices got loud. So he came out, and in his speech to them to calm the situation down, he told them, Sometimes two of you will come to me to judge between you in a manner, in a dispute. And one of you will be more eloquent in speech than the other. And you will convince me, through your eloquence, that you are right. And so I will judge in your favor." And in judging in your favor, I would have taken the right of your brother because I judged incorrectly. From the facts that I knew, I judged correctly, but I didn't have the complete facts. So I misjudged. And the Prophet continues and says, if that happens, no, that haqq that I've given you is a piece of the hellfire. Take it if you want it and leave it if you want it. Meaning even our beloved messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is admitting, if Allah uplifts the revelation, if he, he may sometimes be misled because some of the truth is omitted or some of the perceptions are changed so what then of you and I we cannot be just and upright if we don't have truth if we don't know what's actually happening and that's why some of the reality that's happening in the world today is so maddening because this genocide is documented through and through how many people did we see just this week killed by sniper fire while they're holding up white flags, what what what, uh, what threat were these people posing? None. And yet they'll question and obfuscate and claim. It's clear as day. And still people will say, as some of the silly Western leaders say now, we shouldn't rush to judge. We're seeing it with our own eyes. What rush to judgment? You cannot be upright and just if you do not know what is true. And the third way that Sidq leads to bir is through the ability of a person or a people to self-correct. You know, Allahumma sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad, the most famous story of Tawbah in our tradition is the story of Ka'b ibn Malik. It's a very long story, I don't have time to go through it all. But Ka'b anhu was doing very well materially, he was very wealthy and comfortable at the time of the Battle of Tabuk, and it was mandatory for every man in Medina to go with the Prophet ﷺ in this battle. And Ka'ab, radiallahu anhu, got too comfortable, ended up procrastinating, and missed going to the battle. So when the Prophet ﷺ came back, Ka'ab now has to go face the Prophet ﷺ. So he goes to him and says, Ya Rasulullah, Allah gifted me with an eloquent tongue. If I wanted to, I could give you an excuse that would convince you that I am free of blame. And you may be pleased with me, but Allah will know the truth. Ya Rasulullah, I had no excuse not to come with you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that he and two of the other sahaba who were honest with him in their mistake be exiled from the community for 50 days. At the end of those 50 days, Allah... Azzawajal revealed in the Quran ayat exonerating them that their tawbah has been accepted. This was a day of celebration. The entire town, the entire city of Medina was celebrating this accepted tawbah for Ka'b and his companions. Ka'b, radhiallahu anhu, sits with the Prophet, sallallahu on that morning after Fajr, and he says, Ya Rasulullah, the biggest lesson I took from this was that honesty will always save you. And I promise you, Ya Allah, Aliyah Rasulullah, from this day forward, until the day that I die, I will be committed to truthfulness. And when he narrated the story, he says, I have tried my best since then until now to remain truthful. You are all going to make mistakes in our lives. We all falter, we're human beings. But a fundamental building blocks of nafs, of the purification of the soul, of someone building themselves up, is the ability to be honest in our self-critique that I can look back and say, I made a mistake. That we as a people can look and say, you know what, maybe, maybe some crimes were committed by people that we may identify with or agree with or sympathize with, those people should be held to account. Every criminal and every crime should be held to account. So the way that Sidq leads to Birr is through these three mechanisms as far as I can see them. You cannot know what is right and wrong unless you're connected to Allah and you cannot be connected to Allah unless you are committed to truth. And you will never be able to self-correct unless you have this honest self-critique of yourself and you won't be able to be just in your judgments and your rulings unless you know the truth of matters. And the reverse is true. This is why lying and falsehood will always lead you to fujur. وأقول قَوْلِ هَذَا وَاسْتَغْفِرُ عَظِيمُ لِي وَلَكُمْ وِيَا فَوْزَ الْمُسْتَغْفِرِينَ استغفر الله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا أما بعد My dear brothers and sisters, the real reason why I wanted to go over this We're taught through the entirety of the methodology of the Qur'an. We are taught that when you look at the stories or the actions or the behaviors of another people or another person, you always point back at yourself and try to learn the necessary lesson. We have been witnessing for 75 plus years, but definitely for the last 100 plus days, we have been witnessing in real time how your lack of commitment to truth can corrupt a people. Through and through, it can corrupt you. And so for you and I, walhamdulillah, our ummah is on the ascent. This community is maturing. It is growing its power, and Allah commands us to grow power. It's a beautiful thing. But we can never make the mistake that the Zionist entity made. One of the mistakes that they made, assuming they started off sincerely, one of the initial mistakes they made was to think that their commitment should be to power rather than to truth. Our commitment must remain al-Haq above all else. Even if it means we will lose in this world, we will stay committed to al-Haq for haq's sake, not power for power's sake. And as we amass power, we amass it so that the world can see truth, not so that we can keep our power. That is how you ward off corruption in this world. You make truth your fundamental commitment and nothing else. You know, two weeks ago when I gave the khutbah on the day of judgment, I repeated the ayah in Surah Al-Mursalat where Allah says, Waylun يَوْمَ إِذٍ لِلْمُكَذِّبِينَ Over and over and over again in that surah. Allah says on that day, on the day of judgment, a vile curse upon those who denied the truth who lied about the truth. On the reverse, in Surah al maidah Allah says, on that day, the truthful will take benefit from their truthfulness. On that day, those who are truthful will have, as Allah calls it, maqam wa You will stand on a footing of truth and honesty, and you will benefit from the honesty you showed in this life. Even if you lose everything in this world, in that world, the benefit and loss will be directly tied to how committed we are to truth and how much we askew and stay away from falsehood. And in my last reminder, I started this with a hadith from our beloved messenger وسلم, where he makes these connections, where he says that siddiq leads to bir, bir leads to Jannah. You may be asking, how do I be written among the Siddiqeen? And the Prophet ﷺ in his wisdom told us in explicit terms how you do that. He says, A person will speak the truth and will safeguard constantly themselves to speak the truth. They will speak the truth and constantly be concerned about speaking the truth until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes to them as a siddiq in his books. And at the end of the hadith, he says, And a person will lie. And will continuously seek to obfuscate and lie and misinform until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes that person as a kadhab. What the Prophet is telling you and I is there's no magic formula here. If you want to be written as a siddiq, the highest category of humanity after the Prophets, it's very simple but difficult, simple but hard. Commit yourself to speaking truth, seeking truth, and acting truthfully for your life and Allah will write you as a truthful person. May Allah make you and I from those who hear what is said and follow the best of it. O Allah, all thanks and praise are due to you until you are pleased with us. And all thanks and praise are due to you if you become pleased with us. Ya Allah, forgive us our sins and accept from us our repentance. O Allah, we ask of you, Jannah, and we seek refuge in you from the hellfire. O Allah, we ask that you send an abundance of peace and prayers upon our most beloved Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. O you who turns the hearts, keep our hearts steadfast on Islam. Make beloved to us everything that is beloved to you, and make hated to us everything that is hated to you. Oh Allah, we ask that you be with our brothers and sisters in Gaza and in Palestine. Ya Allah, be with our brothers and sisters in China. Ya Allah, be with our brothers and sisters in India. Ya Allah, be with our brothers and sisters in Sudan and in Kashmir. Ya Allah, we ask that you use this community to alleviate the suffering of our brothers across the world. And ya Allah, we ask that you do not let our sins be a cause of their increased suffering. Ya Allah, we ask that You allow us to witness Ramadan, and to live through it, and to exit it with all of our sins forgiven. Wa aakhiratun alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa aqamis salah Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Shadu alla ilaha illa Allah. Shadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Haiya ala salat, haiya ala falah. Qad ikamat al salat, qad ikamat al salah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. Astahu wa staqeem wa Close the gaps, straighten the rows. Please fill the row in front of you before you start a new one. Turn your hearts towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and try to pray as if it's your last chance before He takes you back to meet Him. Allahu Akbar. غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله أكبر Sami Allahu liman hamida Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu akbar غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قل هو الله احد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله Sami Allahu liman Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu الله اكبر as alaykum wa rahmatullah. as alaykum wa rahmatullah.
1: Just four quick announcements. The first one for Muslim Heritage Month. Tomorrow, inshallah, at 3 o'clock, the youth are going to be holding an event here. Uh, for Muslim Heritage Month, so we encourage you to bring your families and come to that. On the 31st, which is Wednesday, the city of Patterson is going to be honoring our beloved Imam here at the Masjid for Muslim Heritage Month as well. Next week, February 3rd, there's a really interesting session that we're going to have. This is for anybody who has lost any money, land, or life in Palestine. Uh, You can actually place a claim with the International Criminal Court. So there will be a training session here, uh, and they'll actually show you how to do it in, live, in real time. So bring a laptop with you, inshallah. And the last one is for the month of February, there's going to be a session in Arabic uh, about raising children in Islam with shiqa Tanani. So please register for that on the website. As-salamu alaykum.